Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, June 13th, 2022. Uh, this is Blues Views with some intraday comments. Uh, just a very quick podcast today. I uh, wasn't even planning on doing one. Um, but ju- just given where we are, you know, I mean, we have had this sea of red for the last several sessions. Um, we, we hit new lows for the year this morning. But we also have an FOMC meeting <clears throat> starting tomorrow <clears throat> and, you know, completing on Wednesday. And we'll have the announcement on Wednesday afternoon. In terms of what the committee decides to do, how how many basis points and hikes we get, what kind of guidance for the future, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this has been the, the, this like four or five day period heading into the Fed meetings has been a very dangerous time for the bears, and it, that is a testament to how how Pavlovian this market has become with respect to Jerome Powell's voice. Um, this market has shown a remarkable tendency to rally whenever he's talking. It's it honestly, I mean, if so much money wasn't at stake, it would be comical. (laughs) Um, but you know, we've obviously been, we've been bearish all year. Uh, you know, as everyone who follows us on the Twitter feed knows, you know, we, we tried the long side didn't work out. We, we gave back a chunk of, of our gains. Uh, and then we went short on Friday after the inflation number. But it's been, you know, anyone who's been shorting this market for the last decade and a half knows when you're short this market, it's pretty scary. Um, not just because, you know, I mean, you know, when Trump was president, you had to worry about Trump tweeting anytime the market was down. You always have to worry about Fed governors who are seemingly, it seems like there's a Fed governor talking almost every day, right? I mean, there's all this nonsense going on that you have to worry about. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, it's what, what I think what you have to be most afraid of when you're short is just the, what this market has become psychologically. Its instinct, uh, you know, it's the knee jerk instinct to buy and buy big at the first sign of any kind of dovish, dovishness by the Fed, uh, any kind of bounce technically. And then, of course, you've got, you know, I've mentioned names all year that I think deserve to be mentioned, such as, you know, I'm not going to name them today. (laughs) Certain Wall Street strategists, certain financial media talking heads that have really led investors down the primrose path all year. They've led them to a ton of pain. Um, And, you know, you've got them cheerleading all the time as well, telling everyone, oh, this isn't going to last just keep buying the dip, just keep buying the dip, just keep buying the dip. And people continue to do it. So now anytime when you have a pattern that's been established, like the market's tendency to rally when, you know, around Fed meetings, especially when Powell's talking, you know, pattern recognition takes place on a widespread scale. Everyone's aware of this pattern. And I'm I'm seeing some, some people that whose, whose opinion I respect and who have been bearish all year talking about going long here into the meeting, um, which is, you know, I mean, hey, I love a good contrarian thesis and, and, and the logic is very simple. And, and I, I tweeted the logic out a little while ago. Um, I'm, I wanted to do this podcast simply to review it verbally because um, it's easy to miss. You know, I tweet, I do, uh, obviously I send out a lot of tweets every day, so it's easy to miss it in the mix. But the basic logic here for playing for a bounce into the meeting is that um, 
you know, a combination of things. Uh, I, you know, technically we are, you know, the, the, on the four hour chart, the RSI is down to nine, which <laughs> is the lowest it's been all year. Uh, so technically on the short term uh, timescales, we're very, very oversold. That's one thing. The second thing is after that number came out on Friday, I mean, you had Barclays and Goldman Sachs coming. I mean, I, I even tweeted out saying, I think 75 basis points is back on the table for next week. Uh, you had some some big Wall Street banks come out and make uh, similar comments. Uh, 75 basis points appears to be the consensus now for July. 50 seems like a lock for September. So a, a huge hawkish shift in a very short period of time. And, you know, you've got some some talking heads on CNBC floating the idea of a 100 basis point hike this week. So everyone's looking really hawkishly. And then, you know, what if Powell comes in on Wednesday, hikes 50 basis points and just kind of says everyone needs to calm down. Inflation isn't that bad. Um, you know, we could we could absolutely see a, you know, three, four hundred point S&P bounce. I mean, we've seen these things happen before, right? So uh, <clears throat> I understand the logic of it. It makes sense. It certainly has me, I mean, we're, we're, we're you know, we're net short beta. We kind of ended up, it didn't really, I didn't really plan it this way, but we ended up with this sort of weird pairs trade on where we're short the S&P futures and against the, and we have a long position in KWEB, the Chinese tech ETF, uh, via the long, you know, the leaps. Uh, unfortunately, we've, we're barely, I mean, we should be up a lot today, given our view. We're not. The gold and KWEP took a huge chunk out of our gains on the short S&P futures. But, hey, that's trading. That's how it goes. Uh, we'll make some adjustments. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this short S&P position, just looking at the way we've traded today, looking at, I mean, there's clearly a lot of people interested in buying. E even on a break uh, to new lows for the year, there wasn't much hesitation to jump in and whether it's just going along for a trade or, 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 you know, buying for the long term, there is buying interest and there's been buying interest all year on these, you know, multiple day kind of bloodbaths. Like there's people coming in and buying. We haven't had real capitulation. We haven't seen the VIX really get up to the level where you usually need to see it go for a, a long-term bottom to form. Um, and that, Pav, you know, you get, I'm getting that Pavlovian feeling here that there is this widespread ex expectation that the market's going to find a way to rally on Wednesday and maybe even Thursday and Friday. I mean, the macro picture could not be worse. It's horrific. And we all know this, right? I mean, the Fed is truly trapped. The ECB is even more trapped. <laughs> the whole world is trapped right now. Uh, and yet we have this relentless, unquenchable desire to call bottoms, to get long in a sea of red, to play. You know, it's, it's, I've never seen anything like this. I've been doing this for 25 years. I've seen multiple bear markets. Um, I've seen periods with, you know, just seas of bread day in and day out like this. I've never seen uh, this psychological ability to forget about reality and just convince yourself that we're going to go up. <laughs> the market's gotten very, very, I I would, I'd say good at that, but it's not a good thing, right? I mean, for the longer term, it's very unhealthy. It's not, it's not good. 
Um, so I, I just wanted to relate to everyone. So I'll, I'll, before that, so the, the logic is everyone's looking for this huge hike and super hawkishness from Powell. Powell comes in kind of dovish and light and the market rallies. That's the logic. There's a counter logic to this too, though. You know, I, th I think it's a true statement that, well, let me rephrase. A lot of people think that Powell does not have the stomach for this fight. And that is an entirely fair opinion to have because he has shown that he doesn't have the stomach. He certainly doesn't have the stomach to be anything like Paul Volcker. Hiking 25 basis points in March, in hindsight, is just inexcusably weak. So people who are standing there saying, hey, this guy doesn't have the stomach for this fight. Like they have a very, very good point, you know? But we're getting to a we're getting to a point here economically with in terms of the macro picture where you know for a while it was like powell coming in kind of you know less hawkish than people feared was generating bounces you get to a point here where if powell comes in on wednesday and hikes 50 and kind of says eh, you know nothing it's things aren't as bad as as everyone's making it sound inflation's close to peaking yeah, and just kind of gives gives everyone it just gives off a generally dovish, weak stomached uh, vibe to everyone. At what point does the, does the logic switch to? Okay, we we knew all along this guy didn't have the stomach for this fight, but now we're in a situation where that weakness potentially is becoming a major problem for the market, right? Because now now it's now we're in a situation where <clears throat> this might get dragged out for months and months and months. I mean, he has, Powell has been making this implicit bet that inflation's going to come down on its own. Yes, he's been hiking. Yes, he's been, there was, there was a good amount of talking the market down in the first half of the year, right? But there is clearly this, he has at least partly buried his head in the sand and just hoped and prayed that inflation would start to decelerate on its own. That implicit bet is still being made, right? And it's it's possible that that could happen, but that's not what a Fed chairman should be doing. Fed chairman should be doing his damn job, and he's not. And I just worry that at some point, people switch from saying, <clears throat> Powell doesn't have the stomach for the fight, bye, 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 to Powell doesn't have the stomach for the fight, but inflation has got out of, gotten out of control. He's not acting in such a way that it's going to be reined in with any kind of clarity or surety. And we may be looking at four more 50 basis point hikes, something along those lines. Now, I mean, so that's just the kind of the two sides of the argument going into this Fed meeting. Uh, and as I so often have this year, at the end of the day, uh, if, you, if you don't, I mean, technical analysis, the, just the charts, key support and resistance levels, there's so much chaos and so many what ifs and variables that you really you, you have to rely to a large extent on the charts to guide your short term decisions. And so the decision that I've made over the course of the last couple of hours is, you know, wh whether or not there, there's two parts to this. Powell might come in kind of soft and the market might rip higher. Powell could come in soft and the rip market might head even lower saying this guy's weak he's not going to get the job done inflation is going to remain a problem for much longer than we thought either one of those could happen 
So the first part of it is just looking at where does the, what does the market do over the next two days? And I am definitely very, just because of the, the Pavlovian, you know, how ingrained that is in the market psyche, I am very wary of kind of a face ripping rally into Wednesday's decision as people anticipate, Hey, whenever Powell speaks, the market rallies. So let's get long. Like it's a legit, fully legitimate trading thesis. It, it's, it's attractive. I'm not, I'm not going to go long, um, without technical confirmation though. And right now we are below the prior lows, which was 3807, which is also the 38.2% Fibonacci retracement of the entire post, you know, COVID rally. So that is a crucial, crucial technical level, 3807 or thereabouts. We've been as low as 37.50 today. We're trading 37.90 right now. My inclination is to let the technicals guide the way for us over the next two days. That all being said, I think it's going to take a very, just as it has all year, I think it's going to take, I mean, Powell's going to have to walk a perfect tightrope to trigger, I think, a sustained rally over the next, like, say, you know, several days and weeks, perhaps. I know there's, there's a lot of people that I follow that, I, again, these are smart people who have a pretty good track record calling the market, and they're bullish. Even though they're bearish overall, they're bullish short term. So I take notice. What are they thinking? What are they saying? Um, and at the end of the day, as I said, there's so many variables, so much uncertainty that we really need to let the technicals be our guide here. And so I have set that, we'll just call it 3810. You know, if we are, well, we'll actually, we'll go with the actual number, 3807. Um, if we break back above that, I'm probably going to, at the very least, cover our shorts. So I just wanted to let everyone know that I tweeted it out earlier, but just to give you a verbal heads up as well. Again, I've been bearish all year. Nothing has changed in my overall bias, medium term bias, but knowing what this market has become, the monster that has become, knowing that this Fed chairman has a weak stomach, uh, knowing that how, uh, you know, the, the a pattern has been established this year of the market rallying when Powell is speaking. Bears need to be very, very careful here. Very careful. Uh, so that's just kind of my warning to all of us who are bearish is there's a case to be made that this is setting up for a face ripping short squeeze type rally. So be wary of it and have a line in the sand that if it gets there, you're out. Just get flat. You don't, doesn't mean you have to go long. Just get flat. Um, like I think you know, again, this doesn't really change my view for the market over the next three to six months, but in trading, we don't really think all that much <laughs> about the next three to six months. We think more about the next three to six days, right? So just wanted to do a quick podcast to go over this, what the, the logic behind being long. Uh, I don't really need to go over the logic behind staying short. We all know <laughs> the, the macro backdrop is horrific. Um, and again, you know, this uh, Powell's weak stomach could begin to uh, become a bearish thing. It's been a bullish one for the most part so far, for the most part, but it could could flip here and become a very bearish thing, um, depending on how people view it. All right, so that's uh, just wanted to do a quick one today. Uh, and again, just uh, the key point I want to make, you know, if the mar if the S and P futures uh, we're, we're trading the the September's here. 
uh, the September contract. If we break above 3807, if if we touch 3807, I'm not just gonna you know cover. I'm I'm gonna wait and see how 3807 reacts, right? So I might give it 10, 15, even 30 minutes. Um, but if we get a sustained break above that level, uh, I'm gonna cover our short. It's that's a, that, as I said, that's such an important level, not only being the prior swing low, but also being that 38% Fibonacci retracement level. It's a very, very important level. And if the bulls are able to retake it, we probably are going to go considerably higher. I don't know if we'll get back to 4,000 or what, but it's probably not the best risk reward time to be short, especially not aggressively short. All right, everyone, good luck out there. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.